Well, good morning. Thank you. I appreciate it. Good morning, everyone. Yes. So we're uh, we're not starting with a good strong guitar chord this morning. Uh, so I know that makes you like, are we are we getting started? Yes, we're we're getting started. So welcome to uh, Northside Baptist Church, and this is our Youth Sunday, and so we've got a lot of. That's right. A lot of our teenagers have uh, already been at work this morning, and they've, been, they've, they've taught several Sunday school classes, and uh, they are, are, are working this morning. We've got several in the back in the booth. There'll be several up here on the platform. Um, but uh, as, as we get started, uh, we're going we're gonna to kick off with a little skit, a little drama. But before, the, before our actors come out, I do just need to set the stage for you a little bit to, to give you a little setting. So there's a chair here to my left and a chair here to my right. These will be two students who have arrived for Bible study. And, uh, and so sometimes, not all the times, but oftentimes the students arrive for, for Bible study, bring out their cell phones, and they begin texting. And I just wonder, what could they be saying to each other that they can't say face to face? And so we're going to get a glimpse of that today. But what you'll need to know as well is there are chairs in the back. And the chairs in the back are students at home who may be also participating in this text conversation. So having, having a, a basic understanding of that, um, you will laugh to begin this worship service, and I, and I really hope you do. Laughter is good medicine. And if, and if we ever need medicine, it's in the middle of a pandemic. And so feel free to laugh and enjoy, but there will be a point. Um, and I want to ask the guys to go ahead and just, just come on out. Um, <clears throat> and we'll get started. Oh my, you're not going to believe who is here. Who? Christian Newman. Really? Yes. You are not going to believe who is smiling at me. Who? Austin Flair. Are you serious? Yes, I may die literally right now. <laughs> are you going to talk to her? What? Are you crazy? Are you going to say hi? You must be joking. I've liked her since, well, as far back as I can remember. Now is your chance to tell her. I really wish you would come over here. Well, this is 2021. You can initiate it. It's acceptable. What would, what would I say? say? Hey, aren't your sister and her sister on the same cheerleading squad? I think so. So, see if your sister can ask her sister if her sister likes me. Did you actually just text all that? 
Is he still there? Yes, and he is so oh 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 cute. Tell him. Tell him what? That he's cute. Wait, you think he's cute? Are you trying to steal my almost boyfriend? Dude, if I was there, I would go over and talk to her. Are you trying to move in on my territory? I, th I thought, thought you, you were, were my friend. friend. Well, I thought you were a Christian. What is that supposed to mean? Aren't you a Christian? Don't you go to church? I do, but what's your point? Doesn't the Bible say that I can do all things through Christ? What about 2 Timothy 1.7? God has given us, or not given us, a spirit of fear. Sure, but it also says in Psalms, Be still and know that I am God. Okay, but Ecclesiastes is clear. There is a time to be silent. Oh, I give up. You really think I can go over and talk to her? You really think I should go over and say hi? Yes. Of, oh, of course. You can do this. You're right. I can do this. Okay. Here goes. This is going to be great. I'm getting ready to, ready to say hi to my new boyfriend. <laughs> By this time next week, we'll be going to the movies together. Nothing, Nothing can, can stop me now. Welcome to Wednesday Night Bible Studies. If you'll put your phones away, it's, it's time that we get started. <laughs> so yeah, these guys, uh, that, was, that was pretty funny, um, that, was, that was pretty funny, and uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with these that I have to go home with here, but, but really, while that may be something that's, that's, that's pretty silly, uh, it translates into much more than just potential boyfriend-girlfriend. We never really know when is the last opportunity that we're going to have an evangelistic conversation. And so we can make excuses. I am really good at making excuses. Um, and I think that if we're anything alike, that a lot of us are really good at making excuses. When will be that last moment? We don't really know. The Bible says today is the, is the day of salvation. So I'm going to ask the praise team to go ahead and come up and, and, and join us on stage. And as, uh, as they are moving, I just want to say, first of all, that was written by, by our very own Tim Potter. Did a good job writing that. Nathan filled in this morning um, because uh, Pastor Aaron is out to, today, his whole family. They, they had a sickness in their house. And as we have shared with you, if someone is sick, uh, we, we want you as a whole family to, to stay at home. And that's a hard thing to do. 
Um, but we feel like, uh, Pastor Aaron and I both felt like it would be hypocritical um, if, if we didn't abide by that as well. And so pray for them and their family today. Uh, there's been a lot of moving pieces this week. Uh, I want to pray for us as we get started. And, and as I pray, uh, if you guys will go ahead and please uh, stand to your feet. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to come and worship you today. It looks a little different today, but God, I think about as we pass our faith on to the future generations, to men and women who will carry out our faith, to uh, the next generation and the next generation. And so, Lord, you are great and you are mighty and you are worthy to be praised. I, I, I pray that right now we turn our, our hearts toward heaven and lift up and magnify the name of Jesus. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of way? Is my tomb till I met you? I was breathing by night, alive. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my tomb. Till I met you You called my name Chains break at the weight of your glory. I need 
shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. Now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future. My eyes are open. Cause when you call my Thank you. 
for this wonderful day. Um, right now, I pray for healing for everyone. Right now, um, I pray for everyone to hear your word today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good morning. So, um, hi, my name is Isabel Mazin. For those of you that don't know me, um, I've always grown up in a Christian family, and I've always gone to church. And all throughout church, I'd heard the term sin, but I didn't really know what it meant. So as a little kid, I kept moving on with my life, kept going to church every Sunday because I thought that that's what you were supposed to do. Um, when I turned seven, there was one night where I threw a fit because I didn't get something my way. Um, I got in trouble. But then I really started questioning my fate. I started questioning the term sin and what being a Christian really meant. 
So we went home that night, and my parents were talking to me about Jonah and how um, he didn't obey God, and so he had to face that punishment. Um, it taught me that I need to obey my parents, for one, and that, two, all sin has consequences. Um, so that night, I accepted Christ. I realized that I was a sinner. I needed a Savior. I sat down and prayed with my parents. I accepted Christ into my heart. Um, that's when I realized I had to surrender, and I had to give everything up. As I got older, I started reading the Bible more. I started studying it more in depth. Um, I knew that I had to separate my faith from my parents. As a little kid, you know, when someone asks you, why do you believe in God, you either say, because my parents believe in God, or because I go to church every Sunday, because you don't really know what um, faith is at that point. But uh, as I got older, I realized that I can't just base my faith on my parents. I have to build a new foundation and build off of it. I have to own my own faith. Um, ever since I became a Christian, God has given me a passion to serve here at Northside, uh, the courage and confidence to share the gospel with other people and to witness to people and let, God know, let other people know what God's done in my life. Uh, I used to not really share the gospel that much because I was scared of what people would say or what people would think about me, uh, especially other friends at school. But when I got to middle school and when I entered the youth group here, that's when I really started sharing the gospel more. Um, I have a good support group here, uh, a good youth pastor. But um, my favorite verse is Philippians 4.13, which says, For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. This verse has helped me um, go throughout uh, camp and different mission trips that I've been on. Uh, it's helped me to witness to people. It's helped me to share the gospel and I try to live my life for him and stay focused on him now because as a Christian, I know that's what I'm called to do. Thank you. If y'all can stand for one more song.
mercy guide of unrelenting love rescue every daughter bring us back the wayward sons and by your spirit breathe upon them show the world that you alone can save you alone can save we call out to drive boats come alive come alive as we call out to dead hearts come alive come alive up out of the ashes let us see and on your eyes we call out to drive Don't worry, I'm not singing. <laughs> I'm in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. I'm going to be the pastor this morning, and uh, I just want to start off by saying, uh, you know, as BJ mentioned, a lot of things change. Pastor Aaron's not here, but we, we serve a God that does not change, and we can be thankful for that. I, I've had a lot of questions, asking people asking me if I'm, if I'm nervous. To be quite honest with you, yes, I'm a little nervous. But, uh, but there's a verse, it's Psalm 27.1, and... Uh, let me unmute my microphone. In Psalm 27, 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And that's been a very good uh, booster. Just remember, God's always on my side. And I know all of you amazing people are out there as well. Thank you to everybody who's been praying for me. There is a lot of you. And uh, I could not be more thankful for that. We're going to be in Proverbs 3, 5 through 10, as Sean read the first two, but we're going to ex expand on that a little bit. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, those are pretty common. You should 
probably know those. But we're going to, if you please stand again, we're going to read 5 through 10. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Dear Lord, I thank you for this amazing morning that you've given us. Lord, I just thank you for all these people that are here. I thank you for the opportunity that we get to come to your house and serve you this morning. Lord, I pray that you speak through me, that my words won't come out of my mouth, but Lord, that, that, you'll, that your words will come out of my mouth and that everything will be pleasing and honoring to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So I divided this passage up into a couple of different sections. Uh, I noticed when I, was, when I got there, when I discovered that this was the passage I wanted to do, three commands that stood out to me. Trust in the Lord, fear the Lord, and honor the Lord. And so those are the, the first three points that we're going to be looking at. I don't have a presentation for those of you that keep notes, so uh, hopefully you'll be able to keep up with me this morning. But um, my number one goal was just to share God's message with you this morning. I don't know how long it's going to be, but I, I just... Here it comes, so. Um, point number one, trust in the Lord. I kind of define that as wholeheartedly submitting yourself to the Lord and turning it over to him. You know, you put trust in the chair that you're sitting in that it's gonna hold you up. You should put that same kind of faith in your faith in God that he's gonna get you through uh, what you're going through. I didn't necessarily look at um, Bible characters to support this, with the exception of one in Joshua. And I have a lot of scripture, so y'all don't have to turn everywhere I'm going. But Joshua is the one Bible scripture or Bible character that I chose uh, because it kind of applies to, to a lot of people. And it's at the Joshua 24, 14, and 15. He says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in the land in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's why I chose that because he chose for his family that he was going to serve the Lord and bring the, uh, that his family was going to come along with him. Now, you know, it's, it says in Joshua that the generations after served uh, God as Joshua did, but then right after Joshua comes Judges, and that's when the people turned away from God. Um, I have a couple more scriptures that talk about uh, trusting the Lord. One is in Jeremiah. It actually come the Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8, talks about trusting the Lord. 5 and 6 are the opposite of trusting the Lord, and 7 and 8 is kind of like the blessings that come forth when you do trust the Lord. It's, uh, Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 say, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. It is not fear when heat comes, for its, leave remain, for its leaves remain green, and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. It reminds me of two other passages as well. It's Psalm 1 talks about the tree planted by the rivers of water, and also Jonah when he's sitting up on that hill in the sunlight and he's, the plant grows, he's like, oh, yes, thank you for this plant that's grown. 
Very next day, plant dies. Jonah's kicking the dirt all mad because the plant's dead. He was, that was not a good example of trusting the Lord when, <laughs> when that plant died. A lot of good things in Jonah. Jonah might not be your, your most, uh, you don't want to be the character you identify with a lot, though. Um, let me see here. Philippians 4, 6. Philippians 4, 6 talks about, well, let me just read it. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That's a way you can trust the Lord, by praying to him, opening up yourself, giving it up to him, and trusting him in that way. The last one is Psalm 37, 3 and 4. I like the way the King James Version says it, so I'm going to be reading that. Um, just You'll find when you read the Bible, if you compare it to a couple of different uh, a couple of different versions. It, it can bring out some new meaning to the text and help you understand it more. That's, that's why. That's, I like to look through a couple of different versions before I, before I uh, make my final decision. But Psalms 37, 3 and 4 in the King James says, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. So trust in the Lord and do good. You know, and you'll be, you'll be blessed by that, and he'll give you the desires that you want when you open yourself up to him. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. That one uh, kind of also goes along with that. Now, uh, Proverbs, in uh, going along with uh, make your path straight, for those of you that might know, I like to play some golf. And uh, I, that is something that I like to do. And uh, I have an illustration that I want to share with you this morning. So let's say you get up there, you're on the tee box, you walk up, and you, maybe you never played here before, you look out, and you got a massive lake on the right side, okay? That's a terrible confidence booster right there when you walk up. Lake over there, you got trees right. All you got to do is hit this skinny little piece of fairway. So you get up there, you know, you set up, it's like, gosh. That water is very tempting. Well, basically, your ball's already gone in the water when you think about that. <laughs> but nonetheless, you get up there, you get up there, and you swing up, boom, right in the water. Because where was your focus? Your focus was on the water. Where your focus is, it's most likely where you're going to go. When you keep your eyes on the Lord, if you're able to do that well, you're going to follow his path, and he's going to take you exactly where you need to go. So the application, how can, we, how can we learn to trust God a little bit more in our lives? Where can we take this? It's, it's up to you how much you put your faith and trust in God. Just like Joshua said, he chose to lead his family with the Lord. You have to do that with yourself. You have to say, okay, God, I trust you. Lead me where I need to go. It's up to you. But there's a couple, throughout the Bible, there's some uh, verses that, that give you a little bit of confidence about how you can do this. First uh, Peter 5, 7. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all, your cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Also in Matthew 6, 34, and really at the end of Matthew chapter 6, it talks about not being anxious. It says the same thing in Luke as well. The gospels, they repeat themselves to hammer down some points. Um, Matthew 6, 24 says, do not be anxious for tomorrow because uh, tomorrow 
holds enough anxiety in itself. Uh, I don't know about you, maybe it's a teenager thing, but if you lay there at bed at night and it's like two in the morning and you're singing to yourself, gosh, you're really contemplating life. That has never gotten me anywhere before. (laughs) It's it's a complete waste of time to sit there and say, oh goodness, what's going to happen? Nothing, when I sit there and think about that for a long time, it never turns out the way that it goes in my head because your mind starts racing and takes you down places, it's just not good. So don't waste your time sitting there and stressing about it. Just let each day come, trust him each day, pray each morning that he's going to take you where you need to go. The next point, as it says in verses six, uh, seven and eight, about fearing the Lord. So what does that mean? What does it mean to fear the Lord? Is it talking about being scared or something else? This fear of the Lord is not being scared. This is a reverent fear to God. This is understanding that he is God Almighty, the Savior of the world, and you, you are in like a worshipful fear because he is so powerful. But you might, and, and you might think, you know, doesn't God say not to be afraid? Like, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Well, we are supposed to fear him. Not, we're not supposed to have the other kind of fear, the bad fear that thinks, oh dear, what's going to happen to me? It's, that's not the kind of fear that we're supposed to have. God does give us a spirit of, uh, does not give us a spirit of that kind of fear either, but instead of spirit of fear that we're supposed to honor him. Is it a good thing to fear the Lord, to have this reverent fear? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> There's, I was very surprised. This is one thing that I learned when I was reading through this. There's a lot of Psalms and different Proverbs that speak about what the fear of the Lord is. And there's a lot of good things about this. Proverbs 1.7, I'm going to list off a whole lot here. Proverbs 1.7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 9.10 says it's the beginning of wisdom. Psalm 110, excuse me, Psalm 111.10 also says the same thing. It is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 15.33, it the fear of the Lord is instruction and wisdom. A lot about wisdom and knowledge there. That's, that's good stuff. Psalm 19.9, fear of the Lord is clean and enduring forever. Another, Proverbs 14.27, a fountain of life. Proverbs 8.13, hatred of evil. Proverbs 10.27, prolongs life. Proverbs 14.26, fear of the Lord is my strong confidence. So those are just a few examples, and you, you can literally, if you got the version app, you put this in, the fear of the Lord is, and all these verses come up, because it's a great tool. You can find a lot of good stuff that way. So that's what the fear of the Lord is. It, it's all these different blessings and just good stuff. It's the beginning of knowledge. I found this quote in my studies, and it's pretty good. It says, The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the chief and choice part of wisdom. Whoa. (laughs) The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the chief and choice part of wisdom. Basically what's, and to go along with these other verses, the fear of the Lord is only the beginning of wisdom. As you learn to trust and fear him more, these things, they get a little easier to do. Your worship, your praise, they start to become more reverent, more worshipful as you, as you do them more often. It, 
brings a lot of good blessings into your life. And just like anything, any habit, as you continue to do, it gets easier and easier to do. Doesn't get as, it doesn't get as hard and it actually becomes more intense with the Lord as your relationship builds with him. You might have heard the, the Yoda phrase, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. Well, I can confidently tell you that Yoda got that wrong. Yoda, <laughs> fear does not lead to anger. Fear, fear, you should, your fear should actually lead to worship of the Lord, as I said before. So, yeah, don't, don't always trust Yoda. <laughs> so, how, how can we, what does fear of the Lord bring about? And how, how can we tie this into this whole passage here? Well, basically, when you fear the Lord, you're, sur- you're surrendering yourself over again. You're saying, Lord, I want your plan. I want, I want your plan. To be, to be what I follow. And you're, you're fearing, say, okay, God, I, I hand this over. You take me where I need to go. And just, this is the same kind of thing as trust, but you're just saying, Lord, I, and it's also like agreeing, like saying that whatever happens, I accept it. I accept the outcome of wherever this takes me. I found this amazing illustration at the, of these two Bible characters who... Of the, of the fear of the Lord that put this on display. One of them was Elijah, and the other one was Moses. I'd like for you to turn to these places. Eli, the, the story of Elijah that I want to go to is in 2 Kings 19, 11 through 13. Elijah, as you know the story of Elijah, he's there uh, with King Ahab and Jezebel, who, that's who's leading this land. And uh, Jezebel sends him out a message, says... I'm going to kill you because of the things that you've done and for all these prophets. And uh, Elijah, for whatever reason, after his whole experience with the Lord, he gets, oh no, all of a sudden, and he's scared, and he runs. And he's way out in the wilderness, and he's in this cave and up of the Mount of Horeb. Let me turn there. Second Kings 19. I'm going to read these verses because it really puts on display um, the, the fear of the Lord here. Let's go back. First Kings 19. That's a, that's a typo on my part. I put this in my notes. So I'm first Kings 19. <laughs> I apologize for that. First Kings 19, 11 through 13. Again, he's on the Mount of Horeb. That's known as the Mount of God. This is where he is. I'm actually going to start in verse 9. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, this is God speaking, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And even... And I, even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. This is Elijah speaking there. He's, he got scared. He said, I'm the only one left. I'm, I'm out here because I'm scared. I'm the only one left that they have to kill. And God said this, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke it in pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. 
And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? The same thing that he said before. Notice the reverence here. Moses, or excuse me, Elijah's at this cave and the word of the Lord comes. He says, go out of the cave. And he goes out. And at this point, he doesn't have his face covered. And all these things, the wind, the earthquake, the fire, they come, they all pass by. The Lord's not in those things. When the Lord shows up in a small voice, Elijah has to cover his face before the Lord. Reverence, fear of the Lord. That's, that's, what we're, that's, what we're, that's what we're here for. That's why we're looking at this passage, the reverence, worshipful fear of the Lord. Now, the other, Moses' account, remember where he's at, Mount Horeb, the Mount of God, that's important, covers his face. Exodus 3, 1 through 6, there's not a second Exodus, we're not going there. <laughs> Exodus 3, 1 through 6, this is the story of Moses in the burning bush. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. That's key. Verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of the fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned his side, God called him God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you stand is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Moses and Elijah are in the exact same place, the mountain of God. And it's a reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord. Moses has to cover his face just like Elijah did. When you're in the presence of God, it, it does some crazy things to you. Your heart starts pounding just like mine is right now. But it, it's, a good, it's a good fear. They didn't have to leave the place. They were still there. They were just covered. We're not supposed to see, see God in his fullness because we're going to see him like that one day. Praise Jesus. But it's, I just thought that was so crazy. They're in the exact same place. They had the exact same reaction. They had to cover their face in reverence and worship to fear the Lord. How do we apply this one to our lives? The Lord has plans for your life. You have to learn to trust and accept them. Accept them. This one is, the first one was trust. Second one was, you're accepting whatever will he comes up with here. That verse is Jeremiah 29, 11. That's one of my favorite verses, if not my favorite verse. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. What's the summary of this? Psalm 211, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. BJ made this verse known to me when I met with him earlier in the week and I thought it was perfect to sum this one up. Don't be afraid when the trembling comes, shaken. You can, you can serve the Lord, you can remain in his presence. Just absorb it, take it in and make that connection stronger with him. That's the end of point number two. Point number three Honor the Lord. This is verses 9 and 10. How do, we, how do we honor the Lord? I'm going to read these ones again. Let's see here. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Remember where 
This one is honor the Lord. What does it mean to honor the Lord? This one is to bring before, to offer up. So, so what do we have so far? We have trust. You've placed your trust in him. Okay, God, you are God, and I, I trust my life with you. Second one was fear. You say, okay, I trusted you. Now I accept whatever outcome you have for me. Third one is honor. This one is a bring before your, your this is actual, okay, I'm handing it over to you. I'm writing the blank check. I'm giving this over to you. Now, you'll, meant, you'll notice it says that word first fruits. At least that's what the ESV says. It's like, what the heck is a first fruit? That, that would just be like the first, the best of the crops. Just like you have the, the spotless lamb, the best lamb. This is the best of your crops. God wants the best in you, and you have to give that over to him. You're supposed to honor that, give that to him. Then verse 10 is a, is a blessing. It says, and your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. That's, 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 just, a, that's just a benefit of giving yourself and your, and your wealth, whatever that looks like. It doesn't have to be finance. If you, if you don't have the finances to give to the Lord, well, use your talents. We have all these amazing musicians up here and it is, it is really awesome to see them get to put that on display and just that is what they're bringing before the Lord. They're giving that to him. And that is very amazing to see. So like I said, to put this into context a little bit, first fruits, we're, we're not farmers. Raise your hand if you're a farmer. No hands go up. Oh, okay, three. Three hands over there. Steve, I apologize. Thank you, thank you to our farmers who are growing all, all our food out there. We thank you for that. Keeping us all fed during quarantine, what can I say? Mom had some good meals, I tell you what. That was a... I was enjoying quarantine. It wasn't too bad. Um, so most, well, most of us are not farmers. Most of us are not farmers. So to put this in the context, again, like I said, first fruits, that's just our best. It's just what we need to give before the Lord. Whatever that looks like in your life, figure out. You fill in the blank. Whatever your best is, you, you start to give that over to the Lord. And the blessings are going to roll back into you here. You might say, Okay, maybe, maybe you already do all these things, and that, that is awesome. I know, I know I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I try every day better to you know, grow in my relationship with the Lord, start to bring these things before him, but, but it's hard. But let's say you got it figured out, and you already do start to bring these things before the Lord, but you think, my life, my life ain't all that great. Like, where's all these blessings that are, that are said here in verse 10? My, my barns aren't overflowing. Well, James 5, 7, and 8 has a good word to say about that. James is a really good book. If you haven't read that, I recommend reading that book. But James 5, 7, and 8. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord Excuse me. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. That's, that ties directly along with what we're talking about here. Even the farmer illustration, as they wait urgently for their crops to grow, but they're patient. You got to wait for that to come. So, like I said, if you're already bringing yourself before the Lord, just wait. The, the blessings are going to come. It's, it's his timing. You've accepted his plan. If you're here at step three, it's not a step process. But if you, if you have honored your, honored your uh, first fruits to the Lord, 
the, the blessings are going to come. Whether you ever see that, the whole book of Hebrews, or excuse me, chapter 11 of Hebrews is the faith chapter. And there's a verse in there that talks about how most of those forefathers, they didn't even get to see their blessings live out. Like um, Jacob, they, he didn't make it to the promised land, even though he was placed. He didn't get to see his whole kingdom grow. That was, that was Abraham, that, who was promised that he would be a, uh, a nation we made out of him. He didn't get to see that fully live out, but still God kept his promises in that. And just like, just like it says, we're gonna receive the blessings, maybe you don't see those. And you just have to accept that and just, just roll on with what, with, what the God, with what God chooses to bless you with. A very, very good illustration of two Bible characters that put this on display was Abraham and Isaac. When Abraham, or when God called Abraham and said, take Isaac to the mountain because you are gonna have to sacrifice him. And it, it doesn't show any rebuttal from Abraham in the, in the book of Genesis saying, you promised me a great nation through him, but if I have to go kill him, how is that gonna work? You, you don't see that from Abraham. He trusts. He says, Isaac, Pack up your things, but let's go. He got the wood and the stones. And along the way, they left their servant and Isaac is there. And he says, we have the wood and the stones and the fire starter, but I, we don't have a sacrifice. And Abraham just has to tell his son, the Lord will provide the sacrifice when, when, he, when we get there. You know, as, as you know, they come and they build the altar up and he bounds Isaac up and he lays him on top of the altar. And you don't see anything from Isaac. You don't say, Abraham, what are you doing? Uh, I don't know if he called him dad, what he called him, but <laughs> Abraham, what are you doing? You don't see that though. <laughs> um, and at the last second, it says, as he lifted the knife, the angel came down, grabbed Abraham's hand, and he said, you, you have, you've, um, you've passed the test. We know, Abraham, you have pleased God. And we, he know that God knows that you are faithful to him. And they took him off this, and they, there's a ram over in the thicket that they go and they offer him up. So that's just, that's a really good example of Abraham being promised something, then having to almost offer up the person through whom the promise has got to be lived out through. So that's just a great application of honoring and bringing before the Lord, trusting him, accepting his plan, how that all works out. Application. How do we apply this to our lives, you and me? We're not, we don't make sacrifices anymore. We don't build altars. We don't offer up uh, lambs on the sacrifice. If you do, that's not, you're not, you don't have to do that. Just gotta let you know. <laughs> if you're in your backyard, you know, it's if you're, if you're sacrificing animals every day, that's not, uh, you don't have to do that, thank goodness. But uh, Matthew 6, 19 talks about don't store your treasures up here on earth. 6, 20 says uh, store treasures in heaven because that's where we're going to end up eventually. There's no sense in storing things up here. There's a story in Luke about the parable of the foolish, uh, of the rich foolish man. That's Luke 12, 13 through 21, if you'd like to turn there. Luke 16, Luke, excuse me, Luke 12, verse 16 through 21. 
And Jesus told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns, the existing barns, and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. So like, all right, this guy's got it made. Okay, God blessed him with the riches. He stored up his crops. He's like, now how? I don't even have enough space to store all this stuff that God's blessed me with. What am I going to do? So he tears down the stuff he's already built, builds new ones, and there he fits it. But God, verse 20, but God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So this is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Boom. Very next day, he's gone. The barns he built, they're full. He's gone. He's not there anymore. He can't even enjoy the things that God's given him. His soul wasn't in the right place. We're supposed to honor the Lord. We don't need to store all this stuff up for ourselves. Put your talents out there on display. Even if you're scared, God has not given us a spirit of fear. That, that fear of, oh, no, I can't do this. Don't, don't have that kind of fear. That God... I trust you. I fear you. I'm going to turn this thing over to you. So that's just a, that's just a, a parable from Jesus, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning that we should not be storing things up here, but we should be storing things uh, up there. And what we, do, what we are blessed down here, it's nothing wrong with having wealth. It doesn't say in the Bible you should not have, you should not have good things. There's nothing wrong with that. It's how you use those and how you hold those in your heart because those things are going to change you and it, it gets in you and then you start having pride and you think, then you start building those bigger barns and like, um, but then they're no good to you anymore when you're not here. I always said, can't take it with you. So might as well just use it while you're here on earth. And for the blessing of others, that's what we're supposed to do is to bless others with the things that we've been given. So you might think, okay, Alex, you've given us a lot of little illustrations to go with, along with each point, but surely there's nowhere in the Bible that talks about all three in one story, and that, that's where you would be wrong. <laughs> and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> Slipped that one. Little. Mr. Tim, that's a shout out. I don't know where you are, but Mr. Tim is. Uh, let's turn to Daniel 3. Daniel 3 is where we're going next. This is, this is a perfect story of putting all three on display in different ways. Daniel 3 is a story of Mad, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the fiery furnace. And you can go to verse 16. That's where we'll start. Daniel 3, verse 16. Again, story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. This one, the first uh, 16 through 18 is trust. It goes along with point one. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up for us. And hallelujah, the sun has come out. That is awesome. Shadrach, Meshach, and said to the king. And so he's, they've already been, um, King Nebuchadnezzar has already told them that they're about to go in the fiery furnace because they did not bow down to his image. And when all the sound, or when all the instruments played, 
they were the only three standing. And so they got brought here. King Nebuchadnezzar was like, why didn't you bow? And they said, and then that was their response there. And I just think it's, I think it's amazing, their faith and their trust in their King Jesus right here. Even in 18, but if not, even if God wasn't going to save them, they still weren't going to bow down. I, that's pretty amazing, just the faith that they had there. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand. That is putting trust fully on display, saying, okay, God, you've got, you've got, you've got us, and we, we serve you. Then let's skip down to verse 28. I skipped over the part where they're actually in the fire furnace. You know that they, they go in, and there's another one in the fire. And King Nebuchadnezzar calls them back out, and they don't even smell like smoke. They're not burned or anything. God protected them in the fiery furnace, and he was even with them. That's what's called a, a theophany. A, a, like before Jesus came to earth, it's a, it's a preliminary appearance of Jesus. He was in the fire with them. Verse 26. Uh, excuse me, verse 28. This is King Nebuchadnezzar's response. This, talks, this is where King Nebuchadnezzar is like, oh my goodness, this really is God that just saved them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his, angel, and delivered his servants who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any God except their own. Therefore, I make a decree, any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Isn't that crazy who this king, just before this, had this humongous statue of him risen up and everybody out in the, all the people, when they heard the sound of the instruments, was supposed to bow down. These three men were the exception. They did not bow. And then... The experience of the fire furnace and King Nebuchadnezzar is sitting, standing there. The servants that threw them in, they were dead because the fire was so hot. And King Nebuchadnezzar calls them back out, and that was his response. Just the, his, his, his change of heart, his change of mind towards the Lord and getting his, his pridefulness out of his life, accepting and saying that you truly are God. And it's just a crazy change of heart. How that, could, how that could happen. So that's Nebuchadnezzar's fear of the Lord. We talked about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's trust of the Lord. And then at the end, three, uh, Daniel chapter 3, verse 30, it says, Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So they were, the king Nebuchadnezzar blessed them. It doesn't, I don't necessarily know what else goes on to happen to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but that's a, that's a pretty cool story how then they were uh, promoted up in the kingdom, uh, just like those blessings are going to come along when, uh, when, you, when you surrender your life to the Lord. So that was the story of all three put into one. That was pretty cool to find that. This is point four, the blessings that come along with that. That's verses 6, 8, and 10 of Proverbs 3. Um, I'll read those again. In all your ways acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. That's one of them. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And then, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. The thing you have to understand about Proverbs, it's, it's not a lot of prophecy per se. Like these are, these are just regular sayings. Well, not necessarily regular because they came from God because they're in the Bible, of course. But 
it, it, they make sense what happens to them. It's, it's a logical process. When you, when you um, just like if you go to the gym and you work out on a good regular basis, you're going to see that progress in your body. Or just like when you start to pray and you pray over these things, you're going to see some of these prayers get to, get to be answered. And uh, when you work hard at work and, you know, maybe you get it, maybe comes with a little more responsibility, but that responsibility also might come with a little more, you know, financial aid there. Um, so it's just, it, these things aren't necessarily promises. It's not saying like, okay, you do all these things and the whole kingdom is going to be blessed to you. It's not necessarily what it says. It just, so don't, don't take it too far, but, but understand that when you start to do these things, you're going to see the benefits come out in your life, and, it, and it's a good thing. You know, maybe you will see a little more financial gain. Maybe, you know, just whatever, however the Lord chooses to bless you, he's going to bless you in that way. And, but it's, it's important that you take that, that new responsibility and you don't let it get to you. Again, you turn that around and you start blessing other people with that. And, th- and that's really key there. So um, I'm going to turn to Proverbs 22 and read those verses. Uh, Proverbs 22, 1 and 2, and then verse 4. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. You'd rather work on your character than get all the riches in the world that you could, that you could have. A good name is, cho- is rather to be chosen than great riches. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. No matter what your status is here on the earth, we're all going to be the same up in heaven. And so no matter how much you gain to put in the most successful business person ever, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter here. Again, it's how you respond. It's how you bless others with what you've been given. And ultimately, it doesn't matter our status here because we're all going to be praising Jesus up in heaven. Um, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be granted unto you that's Matthew 6 that's in Matthew 6 there that went pretty fast but that was pretty good (laughs) Uh, I'm not necessarily done just to kind of summarize again Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Learn to, learn to trust him. I wish we had got to sing some hymns this morning because I love when Mr. Curtis leads us in the hymns. Only trust him. Only trust him now and he will save you. Just start to, start to trust the Lord in your life. Pray. Read your Bible. Open up to these. Uh, start to discover these um, passages in the scripture that, that talk about trusting and start to build that trust up in God. Always remember to fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You're going to start to gain knowledge, and the God, God is going to bless you with uh, how to use those things in your life. It talks about also in Luke 12 about how Solomon was the wisest man in the kingdom, yet uh, or it compares him to the flowers, the lilies, and God takes, God, God takes care of even the lilies, and, but even Solomon in all his splendor doesn't compare to how God takes care of them. And so that's just... A really good example of God's goodness that even though you might have all the wisdom, all the riches in the world, God, God still t- takes care of you the same. So that's honoring the Lord, turning yourself over to him, accepting his plan as whatever you'd have it, to say, have it whatever God's plan may be. And then again, uh, yeah.
I think that's what I got. I didn't get you back. I didn't get you. I didn't get you. Thank you, Alex. Yes, sir. Um, you know, uh, I think that sometimes we look around our country, we can get caught up in the news and the, in the media cycle, and we can get really nervous about the future. Um, but days like this, I'm reminded, Jesus said, not even the gates of hell will prevail against my church. Okay, and, and the, the students and the youth that we had leading us this morning, oh my goodness, uh, I'm just, I'm excited, and uh, what, a, what a fantastic opportunity, what a great job I get to have um, being with, with these guys, and uh, I want to ask the, the praise team to come up and, and close us out in a song that we heard, uh, or, or at least I heard for the first time in our camp this past summer, but what a fitting word uh, that, that we're about to sing to tag in right in what, um, what Alex shared with us. And I just reiterate, if you've never trusted the Lord with your life, with your eternal life, would you come to him today and trust him? And those of us that have, let's worship in fear and let's honor God with all that he has blessed us with. And so if you will, please stand right now and uh, sing and just sing with us and let this come from your heart.